friends and neighbors, boys and girls, and those among us not tethered to a gender one way or another, welcome once again to Pastor Petey's place for parishioners, both pompous and proletariat alike. We've got a great sermon for you today, but before that, Pastor Petey is proud to let you know about the first sponsor here on the program. Now, y'all know we, of course, like to keep our money local to the fine city of Chickalookie, and in doing so, we've offered our pulpit, Father God, as a platform for small businesses here in town to amplify their products. Woo, Father God. Today's sermon is brought to you by Sister Sheila's Soul Saving Center for Small Children, or more commonly referred to as just Sister Sheila's Daycare. At Sister Sheila's Daycare, we know that life is tough. You want to have a house full of little rascals, but them suckers cost more money than a Brazilian butt lift for a Kardashian. Trusting someone to care for your rugrats while you bust your hump down at Del Mar Boak's chicken feed store is not a decision you take lightly, and here at Sister Sheila's Daycare, we understand that. We not only offer the best in children's daycare, but the best in children's discipline. All our teachers are the wives or daughters of former military drill sergeants, so your child will have no problem paying attention. The only time out your child will take is time out from Sister Sheila whooping his rear end for cutting a fart during the morning prayer, Father God. And you'll be happy to know that this year we have updated our whooping paddles. The new Ass Whip 3000 comes with an array of holes drilled in it in strategic locations to make it less wind resistant and thus more effective at preventing repeat offenders. Our services are offered on a sliding scale for those who have a lower salary or those whose husband pissed away the college fund betting on the puppies at the dog track. Looking at you, Deacon Ricky. So come on down to Sister Sheila's Soul Saving Center for Small Children, a.k.a. Sister Sheila's Daycare, anytime between now and the end of school and receive 40% off your first month by using the promo code Jesus Saves, but Miss Sheila withdraws. Sister Sheila's Daycare, for those who need a few helping hands. Well, we'd like to thank Sister Sheila. We appreciate you, Sheila, uh, keeping the lights on around here and helping to pay the bills. Speaking of paying the bills, we actually had a surplus this month of money from the offering plate. Now, I know a lot of you are thinking, well, good, that balances the checkbook after all the skimming Deacon Ricky did off the top. And yes, you are correct, but we thought it best to take that extra blessing this month and pay it forward. That is why we are happy to announce that this year for the Christmas pageant, we will actually be able to hire an actor to play the Virgin Mary instead of having to slap a wig on Brother Claude Poteet. Praise Father God. And while we are on the subject of the Christmas pageant, I must remind all the parents that if your child is in the Christmas pageant this year, you will be required to stay during practice and supervise. Last year, our drama director, Sister Tasha, had to play the role of babysitter along with being an auteur, and frankly, uh, the production value suffered as a result. One of the wise men was trying to stick a straw in a Capri Sun during the Little Drummer Boy and damn near poked his eyeball out. 
Luckily, the tiny, sharp yellow straw didn't pierce the flesh, but that strawberry kiwi juice sure did sting and resulted in a blood-curdling scream, Father God, that sort of took the audience out of the performance. In other announcements, the uh, homecoming supper this evening has been postponed a couple hours on account of Sister Sylvia's husband, Brother Walt, forgot to thaw the turkey when Sister Sylvia asked him to. Now, I would personally reprimand Brother Walt for putting a hitch in our collective giddy-up, but being on the receiving end of one of Miss Sylvia's butt-chewings, Father God, is punishment enough. So much so, Father God, that I believe we may need to pray for Brother Walt during these trying times. Well, that about does it for the announcements, aside from letting you all know that you need to get your slips of paper in the hat as we will all be drawing names for Christmas this year and a yearly reminder that used Tupperware may be practical, but it does not make a good gift, surely. Now on to the prayer request. Father God, Sister Beatrice writes in, Dear Lord and Pastor Petey, please pray for my older sister, Eunice Weems. She has become the victim of an online scam but won't bring herself to admit it. She seems to think that it makes perfect sense that a Persian prince would message her asking for money because she made a lot of new friends at Disney's Epcot Center last summer with her grandkids, and one of them may have passed her information on to his majesty. Shoo-wee, Sister Beatrice, we empathize with your pain. We could have told you back when she started sharing articles from The Onion in earnest that Miss Eunice didn't need to be anywhere near a computer. Father God, we got another one here from Brother Ronnie Shelby that says, Pastor Petey, I ask that you pray for me and mine as we are going through a tough time. As many of you know, my brother Terry Shelby disgraced our family many years ago by marrying our cousin Luann Studebaker. Terry claimed that we were all overreacting as she was a distant cousin, but we informed him that her living in Michigan didn't change the fact that she was our uncle's daughter. Well, Pastor Petey, Terry went on a wild turkey bender and slept with his sister-in-law, and I wish that was the worst of it, but it ain't. At our family's Memorial Day and Truck Month celebration, Uncle Ernest blood sugar got low, and he started admitting to some old family secrets. You see, as it turns out, when Luann was born, the family hid it because it was out of wedlock, and at the time they were strict Pentecostals and feared the preacher might turn a snake loose on them. Because of this, they decided that the grandmother would raise her and they'd tell everyone that the mom was actually the older sister. Granny Birdie was well past menopause, but everyone had just read about Abraham's wife Sarah squeezing one out when she was in her twilight, so divine intervention wasn't off the table. Pastor Petey, in case the point has gotten lost on some people in this tangled web of a story, yes, it turns out that who Terry actually had the affair with was his mother-in-law instead. When Luann found out she stole all of Granny's nerve pills from her purse and locked herself in her beauty salon and ain't come out since. We ask the Lord that he'll heal her soul, but more importantly, make her unlock the doors because there's a lot of old ladies who need to get a perm before Thanksgiving. Lord, 
Ronnie Shelby, you are truly living through the premise of a drive-by trucker song. I can't follow that with anything but a prayer. Father God, we ask that you let Sister Eunice Weems see the light before it's too late. It's one thing for a meemaw to be catfished, but it's another thing entirely when its monetary effects will impact the next generation of little Weems children. Father God, we pray that she kept a couple of them Princess Diana beanie babies with the red tag still on them so she can get out from under this and move on. And Father God, in the event that this is somehow all true, pray for the country of Persia as they suffer through the catastrophic reign of Princess Eunice J. Weems. Father God, we also ask that you bless Brother Ronnie Shelby, Sister Luann Studebaker, and more importantly, Sister Granny Birdie. Incestual relationships are hard enough on a family, but unless I read that wrong, they also have to visit family in Michigan, Father God. Woo! Nothing against the fine folks of Michigan, but spending Christmas dethawing your nutsack off your leg is enough to turn Buddy the Elf into the Grinch who stole Christmas. And finally, Father God, we ask that you bless our humble little town of Chickalooky this holiday season and keep our families civil. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And on that note, Father God, we will begin today's sermon, which comes from the book of Fellowship, chapter 3, verse 35, which reads, Thou shalt not let petty grievances ruin a good turkey and dressing dinner. Can I get a amen, Father God? Amen. Father God, we live in a world more divided than exponents in a Chinese math problem. Some of these divisions make sense, of course. When we see abject immorality, it is our duty as well-meaning citizens of Chickalooky to not only point it out, but to encourage others to abstain from such nonsense and filth. For instance, when we saw Deacon Ricky double-dipping potato chips in Sister Sheila's homemade French onion dip during flu season, oh, we were well within our rights to request he abscond the premises and go home to take a bath, Father God. But... To Deacon Ricky's credit, he acknowledged the folly of his ways and even wore plastic gloves to the next fish fry. Sorry to always be putting you on the spot, Deacon Ricky, but this anecdote can actually serve as a parable of sorts. So. Through all of Ricky's faults, and Lord knows there are many, whether it be driving his lawnmower at night with the lights off, switching the price tags in the clearance rack at TJ Maxx, or knocking over vending machines at Chickalooky Middle School because his Cheetos got stuck during Grandparents' Day. It was one time. I could go on, but his wife is giving me the stink eye right now. Point is, through all of Ricky's faults, when it was brought to his attention that something he did was considered uncouth by the community, he took their feelings into consideration and changed his behavior. Now, do I think for one second, Father God, that Ricky changed his opinions on the matter? No. I do not. I'd bet all the smallmouth bass in Chickalooky Lake that Ricky went home that evening and scraped his thumb through the cool whip tub without a second thought. And disgusting as that may be, there is a lesson amongst the filth. 
Sometimes it ain't a bad idea to act one way at home and another in public. Children of the flock, like it or not, we are in this life together. And Father God, this life is hard. We go to work every day to pay for a home that we are never at, to feed a child that we will never see, and to save for a retirement that we will never live to. In all this hustle and bustle, what we are left with is moments, fleeting moments, snapshots glued to a scrapbook and tossed in the attic for your grandkids to find. Children of the flock, I put to you today this question. Preach it. Don't you want these moments to be as pleasant as they can? I know that if I was only allowed to watch one movie a week, I'd damn sure want it to be a good one, Father God. A Scorsese, a Tarantino, a Nolan, a Fairly Brothers, Father God. Or, you know, whoever your favorite director is. These are, these are but the opinions of one man, but that one man has the pulpit at present. Hallelujah, Father God. Well, what's your point, Pastor Petey? Well, much like a mammal on a rascal scooter, it might take me a while to get there, but once I am, I'll make you all biscuits. Can I get an amen? Amen. Children of the flock, I may catch a little heat for this, and I'm more than willing to admit that I'm wrong, but in the spirit of the holidays, I'm going to say what I believe to be the truth. While I do believe that the phrase don't talk religion or politics at the dinner table was created wholeheartedly to discourage independent thinking from the younger generation, I must admit that at least in the case of holiday dinners, I think it is a good idea. Now, before you judge me too much, please understand that I've been firmly on the other side of this argument for many a years, and in most any other situation, I believe that you should stand your ground and speak up for what is right, what is just, what is moral, Father God. But if we are being honest with ourselves, conversations about our differences are only successfully had by those willing to change their minds or at the very least keep it open if only for a brief time. Conversations about changing the foundations of our beliefs have to take place over a long period with ample time to process our thoughts and in most cases to cool our emotions. Is this really a process you think can be accelerated when everyone in the room is full of giblets, sweating gravy, and drooling for more pecan pie? Well, if you do, you have more than a mustard seed's worth of faith in your family, and Pastor Petey, for one, admires your gusto. But let's get down to the real point I'm trying to make here, and I'll let you all go. I know bringing up all that food has you licking your lips in the pews and picturing my head as a glazed country ham. Mm -hmm. The hard fact is that, yes, in many instances, your uncle is a stone-cold prick. He spouts garbage at the dinner table not because he is worried that you might not be aware of the truth, but rather that he is terrified, miserable, and lonely in his misguided convictions. He is not a rational man who can see the facts you might display and be encouraged to seek more literature on the subject. On the contrary, he will scoff at any counterpoint you make and exclaim, fake news, no matter how reputable the source or how logical you may present your argument. So, Pastor Petey, am I just supposed to let him get away with it? Well, for one day, 
Yes, yes, I'm afraid you should. If a friend or relative makes a personal attack on you, then what I've said need not apply. But if they are just sitting there spouting off conspiracy theory mad libs, yeah, maybe just ignore them. Truth told, not getting attention will hurt them far more than any clever quip you could toss their way. I believe it could be argued that engaging with such nonsense is actually what lets them win. But the main reason, children of the flock, my parishioners that I love so dearly, is that in the midst of this disruptive family member trying to ruin Thanksgiving by measuring his weenie on the table, there are grandparents that might not make it to Christmas, Father God. I apologize for taking a turn for despair, but I think it is important. A lot of people cut their families off for wholly justified reasons. You are LGBTQ+, and they do not accept you. You are married to a black guy, and they are repugnantly racist. Or they have been violently abusive, either physically or psychologically. If you are the victim of any of these situations or others like it, I promise I am not preaching to you and you are right to run for the hills and I wish more than anything that your new life is happy and fulfilled. But for the rest of us who have let a few bad apples keep us from returning to the orchard, think about the good apples you have left. When you participate in escalating a situation at the dinner table this Thanksgiving, it's not going to hurt your uncle, Father God. He came here hoping to get a rise out of you. And it's not going to hurt you, at least at the moment. Feeling righteous never does hurt. But you know who it will hurt? Your great-grandmother who knows she doesn't have long left. Your aunt who is sick but hasn't told anyone yet because she didn't want to sour the mood during the holidays. And eventually, I promise, because I've been there, it will hurt you the most. Because deep down in your heart, you know that you're not going to change anyone's mind that day. Matter of fact, I believe it may be a law of science that opinions cannot be swayed where sweet potato casserole is present. Amen. One day, if you're like me, you'll look back and think to yourself, no matter how right I was, Uncle Keith still went on to be a prick, but Lord God, I sure wish I'd spent more time talking to Granny than I did making an ass out of him. It's been eight years since she passed, Father God, and if I think hard enough, I can still smell the Liz Taylor white diamonds on her neck as she leaned in to kiss me goodbye. And no matter how much I pray or how hard I wish, I'll never spend another Thanksgiving with her as long as I live. But some of you can this Thursday and take it from me. You'll be glad you did. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Children of the flock, thank you so much for joining us for this Thanksgiving sermon. Like always, we would like to say thank you to all of those who have put their monthly dues in the offering plate. Some of you pay by the year. Uh, Brother Corey would like me to remind those of you who are still on the free subscription that if you do want to bump up to the paid tier, if you subscribe for the whole year, you get two months for free, Father God. And if you enjoy all of the quote-unquote content that we make here on the program, feel free to tell a friend. Word of mouth is still the best advertisement. 
Our little world of Chickalooky is growing, Father God, and we have many announcements to make in the coming weeks. But more importantly, we just want to offer our sincerest thanks once again to you for being citizens of Chickalooky. Now go out there and eat you a couple salads between now and Thursday to clear your colon out for the damage you're going to do, Father God, because come Thursday, this is what we play for. If you ain't getting three to four plates at a time, you ain't doing it right, Father God. And eat one for Pastor Petey. And as always, remember, don't do nothing I wouldn't do. But if you do, do it twice. Father God.